off the ball. That was serious. He was furious. He wanted his net. Just won the World Cup. You won't let me clip a little panel of net. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. Shane Keegan, good morning to you. How are you going on, Adrian? I can't believe you're going for Ray Houghton, Chip and Paliuka rather than Ray Houghton scoring against England. Well, look at it. As a pose, as a pose. That's it. <laughs> I mean, they'd be, they will be slightly different poses. What do you think? Who would you have? Uh, yeah, no, you're pretty good there. Hard to you. You touched on him there at the end. It would be very, very hard to leave out, leave out Paul McGrath in my eyes now. All right. Jesus, yeah. he, he was absolutely something else. Incredible. And just always comes across as such a fantastic fella as well, you know. Yeah, and transcended the sport as well. Like, culturally, he's just such an icon. Absolutely, and I think even the even the book, to be fair, the book with, with with Vincent added to his legacy as well because it was it was such an outstanding book. It's it's rare that somebody of that stature has a book that does their stature justice. You know, yeah, we can have him reading the book as a constant marker. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, listen, there's loads to get to. Uh, somebody was making the point earlier on that we need to ask you about the FA, FAI Cup final. Clearly, we'll do that, and uh, the Ireland squad. We want to talk to you about as well. Were you watching United last night? I saw bits of it. All right, yeah, I was kind of flicking around. Um, Ah, look, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be reading too much into. Would you not? Look, if, if, if they had their way, if they had their way, Adrian, they would have had the two results the other way around. Simple as that. Yeah. We all know that. Yeah. You know, they would have took the, they would have took the points last weekend over, over the win last night. But so the problem with them at the moment, obviously, is they're just that, that little bit too much Jekyll and Hyde to, to really properly challenge up around those, those Champions League spots. They need to, to develop a little bit more consistency. But at the same time, to be fair, there's no doubt they're moving in the right direction. He has, you know, he has done a pretty good job since he's gone in there. You know, was that? Like when you talk about that sort of Jack and Hyde aspect of it, like because I think there's you no know, more than the Munster conversation we we're having a bit earlier on. Like every good result or every good performance results in the fans going, "Great, this is it, we've got it now." And then who knows what happens the next time? But obviously there was a whole pile of selection changes last night from the from the previous game. Was it down to that, or is there more nuanced tactical aspect to it from what you from what you saw last night? Oh, look, I think, I think you know, again, it what probably was down to that. It, it's very hard to get cohesion when you're making that many changes. To be honest, I actually thought it was for an EFL game, it was a reasonably strong lineup. Um, in fairness, so he was. I suppose he's got a he's got a lot of good players there that he's trying to trying to keep happy, um, and that will be a big help to them. But on, on the wider thing with their their, their Jekyll and Hyde, I, I suppose, like. They're definitely, definitely improved. There's no doubt whatsoever they're improved. I suppose the problem is you still couldn't say you could trust them. You know, like if 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 I was throwing chains, chain bet there, if I was throwing a, a fifty quid on a, on a week's bet, it'd be very rare I'd pick United because for the three out of four decent performances they're given, there's always one kind of clangor likely to be thrown in there as well. So it's where obviously you look at at City and Arsenal at the moment, and you know it's almost impossible to see a game in which they're not going to win. The two of them are, are tipping along so nicely. Um, and that's it. And look, look, they're not the only one. You know, I was saying to Shane yesterday. I'm obviously I'm a, I'm a Spurs fan, and you, you look at Spurs at the moment, and they're in the Champions League positions, and and or sorry, they're in the, the Champions League places at the moment, and they're through to the next round of the current Champions League. And geez, there's nothing but doom and gloom around yeah. them, around Spurs <laughs> yeah. fans. So there's not. So they're not the only one. Um, and they are going to make a bit of a burst back at, at 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 trying to get into those top four positions. I would imagine, but I would be very surprised if they managed it. To be honest. 
Uh, Shane, we should touch on the Republic of Ireland squad name by, by Stephen Kenny yesterday for these games upcoming uh, against Norway and Malta. Evan Ferguson, I suppose, the, the standout. And I guess since he played for, for Bowes at the age of 14, we've been following this man's rise. But uh, not before time, I guess. He's, he's, he's one of these players. I think Kenny pointed out yesterday he might need a, a loan move away in January to really cement a place in, in, in the squad. But um, a really exciting addition. Ah, he is. Look, you, you were saying follow him since, you know, he had two remarkably young debuts. Obviously, he made the ball's debut at 14, and I think the Brighton debut might have came at, was he still 15? Um, and, and look, to be honest, in, 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 you know, in grassroots football circles, it goes back even further than that. I mean, Evan, Evan Ferguson came into his Kennedy Cup year with a, with a massive reputation. Um, so he did. Anybody who was going down to the Kennedy Cup, you know, you go down to the Kennedy Cup, you know who you're going to watch most years. You're going to watch Troy Parrott. You know, you're going to watch Jack Byrne. And in Evan Ferguson's year, you were going to watch Evan Ferguson. You, you know, he was all the talk around the place. His dad is, is very well known. His, his dad is a full-time employee of the FAI and, and a former Super League of Ireland player himself. So the reputation was there and if I'm honest Shane um, he's always been such a big unit and such a powerful boy that I, I maybe I, I'll be honest I maybe thought he might struggle a little bit when he went to England because in my right. head I suppose the way I was thinking is he's a super player but his main attribute is the fact that he's just a flat track bully and I was thinking when he goes to England and he comes up against lads as big and as strong as him that he, where he's not able to be as much of a flat track bully will he have the rest of the game that he needs to kick on and that would have been my question Mark and he's, he's put me in my place that's for sure because he's He's done so, so well over there. He's been excellent for the 21s in the games that he's played there. And I think that's probably what has him in the senior squad, even though he's not a regular with Brighton. But, I mean, he's gone through a couple of managers now at Brighton and they all seem to have him in and around that first team setup, and, and you know, coming on as a sub or, you know, featuring in, in cup games and stuff like that. So he's impressing everybody. He's impressing absolutely everybody. Um, I am surprised that he got in before he's become a... Uh, probably a, a regular at, at club level, as you say. I, I thought maybe a loan deal first, but obviously Stephen just wants to get him in, get a look at him, see him up close with with the the, the standard of player that he has in that squad, and and see if he's able for it. But uh, look, he's 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 a tremendous talent, and hopefully he's. You're talking about Robbie Keane's record and how long it stands. I mean, he's he probably falls into that bracket of people that we're looking at and saying, I wonder over the next 15 years, could he have a rattle at it, you know? We've had a few of them over the years. Let's not put too, pressure, too much pressure on <laughs> Yeah, what, exactly. What, um, what, like, I think when you when the squad obviously gets names and there's not maybe, outside of Duffy, who's out for personal reasons, and Knight, who hasn't been released by Derby, there's not a huge amount of surprise in it. And we're talking about Ferguson now and, you know, the opportunity to impress. What, from Stephen Kenny's point of view, when you're heading into a couple of games like that, like the obvious thing is to think that he's going to tinker around with it. But obviously, the momentum from previous the previous game and the fragile nature of international football and maintaining that confidence, there might be a big part of Stephen Kenny that's thinking he doesn't want to meddle around too much, that we might end up seeing the players that we're used to looking at. What do you think? Is, it, is there a chance that the likes of Ferguson gets a look in? Oh no, I think you've hit the nail on the head, Adrian. I, I can't see there being wholesale changes. I think I think Stephen's way of getting a look at fellas is going to be how they perform in training. Um I, I don't think you're going to see wholesale changes. Lads might get in for the last the last ten, fifteen minutes of games, maybe there thereabouts, but by and large, look, because that pressure is never too far from his door, you know, in terms of, you know, there are people behind him, there are people against him, all of that kind of thing. And there just seems to be, there's never really a huge amount of breathing space for him, is there? So, he, you know, he he needs, you know, he needs decent performances and ideally he needs decent results in these two games. And even just looking beyond these two games, you know, when we come into the new year and you really, really are back to the results business, you know, does he currently know 
his strongest starting eleven. Um, does he currently know exactly how he wants to play when we come back into those competitive games? The answer to both those questions is probably no. So he needs to use these two games to nail down that that starting eleven and nail down that style of play rather than than messing around with it a little bit. You know, if you had say if it was a friendly for England heading into a World Cup, like England know what their starting eleven is going to be, so he could they could use one of the other games to try out other fellas. I I don't think we're there. I think these games will be very very much used to bed down how we're going to go about things in when the competitive games are back. Remains to be seen too with uh, whether it's Erling Haaland that the Irish goalkeeper has to face uh, in in the first of those friendlies next week, but. Well, if it's not Erling Haaland, the Norwegian manager can answer to my young fella. I'll tell you, <laughs> yeah, waiting to see him. Yeah, that's... but they, they have a home game that, like, the idea might be that he may not play both games, and if he's going to play one, it's un- unlikely to be here. But I mean, I'm, uh, I'm with you. I think a lot of people will be going for that. <laughs> that that's for sure. Yeah, we got no Kevin De Bruyne with Belgium. Kevin, that was bad enough. Yeah. I'll, I'll never, I'll never get more than one piece if uh, he doesn't get a glimpse of Haaland. Yeah, touch what he's he's ready and available. Um, in terms of the goalkeeping position. Shane, like Quivin Kelleher again, putting his name in the, the back pages uh, during the week with three penalty saves in the shootout for Liverpool. Uh, Pizzuno clearly has the number one spot until he loses it, but uh, in your opinion, does Kelleher need... Like, he, he's getting the experience, and we've talked about it, of being Alisson's understudy and working with Liverpool, and and yet you, you can't help but feel that maybe at some stage he needs this move away to really cement his place as, a, as, a, as, a, as an Irish number one. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I would to be honest with you. Um, look, it's 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 brilliant. They they obviously adore him at Liverpool, um, and he you know he constantly seems to be in the limelight anytime he does get an opportunity. But I mean, there's no like realistically, there's no, absolutely no way on earth that that Stephen can consider picking him as his regular number one ahead of Gavin Bazunu, who is starting week in week out in the Premier League. Okay, he's getting it tough. He's in a side that are struggling a little bit, but that's still. Obviously, far, far superior preparation to, to to sitting on the bench, no matter how big of a club that you're at. Sure, I'm sure he gets you know plenty of work in training with Liverpool and all of that kind of thing. But obviously, enough that's that's completely and utterly different. Um, and look, as I say, Bazuno, he's having a tough at, at Southampton. Um, be interesting to see with the new manager coming in what sort of effect that has. But as in terms of his 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 performances for Ireland, I know look he was probably questionable for one of the goals in his most recent performance. But outside of that. I mean, he's been outstanding, absolutely outstanding for Ireland over over the last, however it is, long, nearly two years now since he's broke into it, I suppose. And uh, no, look, Stephen will will be sticking with him. And if Queen Kelleher has any ambitions of of trying to break into the side or really challenge him for that spot, yeah, he, he's got to get out on loan. But I, I look, I don't, I think it's immaterial because I don't think Liverpool are going to allow that to happen. Yeah. And I can understand where they're coming from too, you know. Yeah, it's a tough position for him to be in. The eleven itself is fairly settled. Like looking over the last few games, I, even in terms of the players that are coming into it now, and we've mentioned a couple of them there. But who, in what positions, maybe, and who do you think um, are the most likely to fill those positions? Do you think are the are the points of Stephen Kenny? Might be might be looking at you know in terms of some of those new players or even the likes of Ogbené who, in a lot of ways, has become almost was at some point the greatest next thing and has been slightly forgotten about over the last few windows. Yeah, Ogbené is a big one for for me. Um, I I I think he. I would have him starting all day long. Would you, yeah. To be honest with you, oh, I would. I would. I think he's he's excellent. And look, there's no doubt Obafemi has 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 really caught the eye mm. in terms of what he's done since he's come in. I just think. I think there's more consistency with Igbené. Uh, Obafemi, ball comes to Obafemi and, you know, there's a 50% chance it could go brilliantly, there's a 50% chance it could go wrong. Um, so there is, it would be my opinion with him. But with Igbené, there's there's more consistency there. He's having a very good season again at, at, at club level. The big question is, and, you know, it's it'd be interesting to see, is, you know, can you start the two of them? 
Um, you know, Troy is Troy Parrot obviously is going to be out for these games. You know, could this be an opportunity that he looks to to to, to play the two of them beside each other again and, and and see how they get on? Like on paper, it looks frightening. I I wouldn't fancy being a a defender up against the two of them. So that that certainly could be something that's that's very exciting. He's going to need a bit more. The other thing he's going to want, obviously, lads, is is developing a bit more strength and depth in the middle of the field yeah. because. I think Knight Malumbi Cullen have pretty much nailed it, but what we saw the last day, unfortunately, was that it's a high tempo game that those three players are having to play. Steven seemed very uh, reluctant to allow his wing backs to come out and press the opposition fullbacks high up the field, which meant it was it was the two outside centre midfielders that were the ones expected to shuttle across and across, similar to Liverpool actually against against Spurs uh, the week, last weekend. Um, that's a high energy game and and very very tough for a guy to do that for more than sixty to seventy minutes. Um, and ideally, you want you want a couple of players coming on around that seventy minute mark who continue to do that job really really well for you, and that you've got a lot of a lot of trust and a lot of faith in. And I think he he probably needs to to delve into the squad to try and and, and find the fellas who can perform those roles for him off the bench. You know. Finally, Shane, we've got the the uh, small matter of the FAI Cup final at the Viva Stadium on on Sunday afternoon. Um, it's it's an interesting one because like Derry are rightly so favourites in the bookies for this one, but I mean Shelburne. When you look at even the the way they've gone about this season and a first season back in the Premier Division under under Damien Duff, you look at their performance against Bohemians, the three 0 win in the quarter final in this competition, and I, I think they drew with Derry one one just a couple of weeks ago in the league as well. Albeit Sunday will 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 have a different feel to it, but I mean, how do you see this one going? Because Derry, as I said, favourites, but. Shelburne will uh, will have a lot to say in this game. Yeah, well, the first thing I'd say on the chain is it, it's a brilliant cup final in that outside of Shamrock Rovers, these two clubs have, have probably been the biggest stories of the season because you've had the injection of cash at Derry. You know, we've been crying out for somebody to make a burst back at, at Rovers and, and make it a bit more competitive again. And, and Derry are undoubtedly going to be that team over the next couple of years. Rory Higgins gone in and done a brilliant job with a team that's playing a lovely style of football. And then obviously you've got the whole Duffer narrative and there's no doubt it's been brilliant for the league. It's been absolutely brilliant having Damien in the league, his profile and then the fact that he you know, that he is such a an entertaining character, um, you know, as well and good having profile, but but Duffer is just every time he opens his mouth, he, he he seems to say something really interesting that people can can latch on to. So in terms of creating a bit of hype and a bit of a, a good vibe around the cup final, I think this is a cracking one to have. Um, and attendance tickets seem to be very very strong, um, so it should be a, a, a really really good day. How the game will go itself? Yeah, I, I, Shelburne will be able to are capable of making this game really really awkward for Derry, no doubt about it. Um, they have a very definitive style of play and they've managed to nail it very very well. Um, and they'll just be awkward. They'll be not nice to play against. They work, work, work. You know, Damien is very much reflected in that. Um, and in, in Sean Boyd up top, they've got a guy who's an absolute handful for, for any team. There's a little bit of a question mark from what I'm hearing over Shane Farrell. Um, that's that's a huge one for them. He has he would he would be in my League of Ireland team of the year, to be honest. I think he's been outstanding. Um, and with Matty Smith already ruled out, because unfortunately he's on loan from one club to the other, with him ruled out already, they, they need Shane Farrell on the pitch. If Shane Farrell is on the pitch, he's capable of doing something out of nothing. And that's what Derry are that's what Shells are going to need. They're good. If Shells are going to score here, it's either going to come from a set piece or it's going to come from something out of nothing whereas Derry are more capable of grinding you down with, with intricate passing plays and, and, and fluid movements in the final third but I do think Derry will come out on top they're favourites for a reason I do think they'll come out on top but I don't think anybody would be surprised if Duffer managed to, to, to spring a shock here either you know
One before we go, Shane, just uh, Stephen McGuinness was uh, the PFAI was in with uh, Nathan last night and he was talking about agents in the League of Ireland, the proliferation of them and in a lot of cases the inexperience of them um, in the League of Ireland at the minute. Um, As a a manager and a coach around around Irish football, what's your experience uh, or thoughts about how how players are being um, represented uh, at, at that level at the minute? Yeah, look, Adrian, there's a massive, massive variety and disparity in, in, in what you're going to get, to be honest. Look, at, at the level that I'm at at the moment, back then with Cove, you know, the, you know, most of the players, very few of the players would have, have agents or there wouldn't be much interference on that side. But obviously, having been at, at, at Galway and Dundalk, there was far, far more going on in that front. And I just found... You know, there was a couple of guys that I would have dealt with. I, I would have been involved in a lot of the contract stuff at, at, at Dundalk just when I landed up there. And there was there was some of the players had guys who were really, really good to deal with. Really, really good to deal with. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking in particular, you know, in relation to a deal with, you know, Michael Duffy and things like this. There was actually, I remember one of the agents at the time was was David Moy's son. Was I think he, he could be Cameron Dunnigan's agent. Um, and those, those guys that were very, very professional and... You know, while pitching for the best for their player, they were fair and they were reasonable in their their aspirations. Whereas you get other guys who are just coming with completely and utterly unrealistic expectations and managing to convince their player that that what they're asking for is realistic and that it's a slight by the club if they're not willing to go and and and, and give them that sort of a figure. And it, it does them absolutely no favors whatsoever. So. Look, huge disparity. There's a lot of good things in what um, the PFI have done with this deal. There are a few question marks as well that I'd, I'd, I'd throw in relation to the deal that, that it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, but I think it is going to be first year in. It's, it's very much going to be a learning curve for, for everybody, FAI, PFAI and the clubs, because, Adrian, it's, it's natural enough that the clubs are going to do everything they can to try and find ways and means, not so much around this, but to to work with this, if that makes sense. Yeah, you've uh, pointed at something that we might come back and have a bit of a deeper chat about again with a bit more time. But for the minute, Shane, thanks a million. Cheers, lads. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.